from the time that they pronounced me dead was a good 45 minutes. They cut my clothes and then they paddled my heart because my heart had stopped. And I could see people screaming and crying, but I didn't realize that was actually my physical body because I was somewhere else. The only thing that I could feel, if you could imagine absolute love and peace, there wasn't anything else to be felt. I was greeted by people I had known in the past. I'm back home again. Incredibly safe and felt at home. Welcome to Round Trip Death, everybody. And I'd like to welcome our special guest, Fabio Delboni. Did I say that right? Yes. I would like to say it from zero to ten, seven and up. Would you say it properly, please? Dalboni. Dalboni. Yes, that is a nine and a half. Okay. Well, for me to get a nine and a half in anything's pretty good. So <laughs> anyway, hey, welcome. It's good to have you, Fabio. And I know the first question people are going to ask, please don't be embarrassed. Okay. Are you the Fabio that was on the cover of all the romance novels? Uh, you know, the Fabio, that was... Maybe because I lost the hair, you know. It's... <laughs> no, no. So that was you 20 years ago. And that was me, but I, it's a secret. I cannot share that. All right. So, Fabio, I know you're from Italy. You live in Florida now. Tell us a little more about you. Okay. I, I grew up in the South America and Central America. My first 17 years, I went to, I lived in 13 countries all around. Panama, Venezuela, Colombia, Argentina, many of them because my father was traveling a lot and then I, I was following them. And then when I was 18, although I went to Italy uh, to do my own uh, path. And then I go to the college in, in Florence for the engineering college. And after all, instead of becoming an engineer, I was, but uh, I become a journalist. And then I traveled a lot as a journalist in many fields. I was also a chief editor, editor-in-chief in for a financial newspaper in Italy. And I, I worked many years for an Y agency, the journalist. And then I went to the other part of the world. That's mean we have a journalist. They talk with the communication part of the government or the enterprise. And they like to to fight, really fighting sometimes. But I crossed the line and went there. I worked there for many big companies, and then I become a journalist again. I came back again, and then I came back again there. I was like uh, moving. In Italy, it's a little bit crazy. In the United States, they consider, wow, this guy is really something because he can adapt for uh, many situations, you know. But in Italy, is, oh, wow, this is, what is him? Journalist or communication part. Okay, but I become like an executive, and then at the end, I decided to my own company as a strategic consultant, opening in the United States, and I moved the family where to Florida because the weather, because close to the South America, Central America, that for me they were the best market to work. We landed in Tampa. And now we live in Sarasota, where I have an art gallery because I become sort of an artist. Yeah, that's the thing that I have to ask you. You went from journalist to engineer, journalist, etc. How did you become an artist? It was a part of me every time, but I became an artist 
after this experience. Because in Tampa, out of the blue, I was playing tennis with my wife. She always beat me hard, but not for that. That was not the reason. But I had the, the coronary artery 100% occluded, and I was gone quickly, done, and was in Tampa. In eight minutes, I passed at least eight minutes, gone, and they were already signed the time of death. And the doctor, an angel, and uh, with a defibrillation, and I, I wake up again. I, was, I came back. But it's a big but because, wow, he came back, he said to my wife, with nothing like a baby, nothing. No vital function affected, nothing. It's new, it's brand new. And that it was a really incredible surprise, a miracle, because in eight minutes, you know, you lose everything. Yeah. And and we will talk a whole bunch more about your near-death experience in just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. But this led to you becoming an artist. Keep going. Yes, because when I came back, the first, and then I will tell you that, but I wanted to change because my child, my wife, my life changed completely. That was a turn, turning point. I said, I wanted to do something different in my life, and I wanted to to do something that I really wanted to do in this moment, in this moment, because I love to do what I did. And I wanted to be an artist because I wanted to do something to replicate the light that I have seen in that period when I was with my father. And I tried again to, to do with some medium like canvas, paper, glass, bronze. Nothing was nice for me to have the vibrancy in the light. And this was paint on top of those? I paint over aluminum, yes. Okay. So, but you tried painting on these other medium. Yeah. You just couldn't quite get the colors. So you tried aluminum. Who does that? Because I saw pictures on a, you have photos you can print on the aluminum and they are really nice. But for me, they were not so satisfying because the photo is beautiful, but it's, it's not movement. Is stable, is flat, is two dimensions. And, and then I try to pay, move. And that's the idea. It seems that I am doing very well because people love me. Well, it is unusual and it is beautiful. And if anybody wants to see some of your artwork, fabiodalboni.com. Yep. And that'll be in the show notes in case you can't spell it. Well, we'll get into this even more as we get into your story. I love talking to artists on this show that have had near-death experiences because we get more of a feel for the color. And I know it's so difficult to explain the color that you saw there yeah, or colors because there are things that, that you can see there that you can't see here. But let's back up. Let's get to what. how did your NDE happen? In other words, was there something going on with your health? I know you had a major heart attack. Did you have any idea that it was coming, or was it just wham-bam one day? No, I don't, no idea. And, and also, I would like to say this. Uh, that was 2014, I before traveling to from Italy to the United States to move the families. Months before, I did a complete checkout. Uh, let's say my heart, my, my system, everything. I was well, 59 years old, very good fit. Perfect. was really unexpected, out of the blue. I was playing tennis, and 
And the doctor said that was not the tennis or the sport. They said, that saved your life because your body was able to resist some kind of massive heart attack. But in that moment, I, when I was, the, the, the match was ended with my wife, I lost. And I, I put my, uh, was Alexa, she, her name is Alexa, Alessandra, but it's Alexa. And uh, said, I cannot breathe. Or someone, because I am really, are you kidding? No, I am doing something very bad. And then she called the ambulance, but was completely uh, unexpected. So tell us about that. So you had this heart attack right there on the tennis court. Yeah. What What happened next? Uh, they came with the ambulance really fast. Like, I, can, I would like to say maybe 10 minutes. They were, I just received the ambulance and they were prepared for that. They brought me, uh, fortunately, it was like not so far. The tennis uh, center was the, in, in Tampa, was the Pepin Heart Institute where they brought me in a few minutes. And when I arrived there, I saw all these people going around past, we are losing, we are losing something like that. They said, I am here, it's new, it's moving or something. And that was, was incredible for me. And in that moment, I, I remember that I thought, okay, at least I am here, they can, they can take care of me. And then uh, in that moment, I, I died. And then I, I was, I was gone, gone. And that is the period that I do remember what happened here. But my wife told me that what happened because she saw the, the line of the monitor. Yeah, the, we call it a flat line. And that was for eight minutes. Yeah, and she started crying, and she saw all the people. They they pushed that push her uh, in another room to not see nothing. But they said you cannot stay here. Okay, she was she were waiting uh, for for the answer, and but the doctor came to her and said it's solitary. I am not explained with my medicine book that, but he came back. And it's brand new with a stand. They put me a stand. So what is the first thing that you remember after that happened? Some people go through a tunnel towards a light. Did you have any of that? Or what do you remember first? Not the tunnel, but the light. I, I was thinking that I am going to the light or the light is coming to me. But it's the same. I, I felt like I was part of the light. My spirit was already without the body, free to go as an energy. And uh, that was the light, the movement of the light. And then I immediately, immediately saw incredible light, white, splendid white, but serenity, peaceful, but in any case, so strong, and but not to blind you. And, and then I saw my father. I recognized his eyes. But the beautiful thing about the color there is that it's white, but you can only identify the incredible, never seen blues, greens, orange, yellows, reds, that you can define everything. I was not dressed, but I was not naked. I was white like a spirit, but my father was white like an angel, but if I... 
if I remember, and I remember, I remember his team, the color that he had when the, when the, when we were together. My father died 10 years before me. I want to ask about the color you're talking about. Yeah. Because you're talking about light that is white, and you're seeing blue and other colors in it? All of them. All of them, not the black. Now, the only way I've been able to process that in my brain <laughs> is thinking back to a physics class that I had in college. Yes. Where the professor did a thing where he added different colors of light on a screen. Okay. Tell me if I get this right. Green, blue, and red. And if you cross those colors, you then get the secondary colors. And as those colors are crossed in the very middle is white, meaning that white light has all the primary and secondary colors in it. Is that correct? Correct. And then like the prisma, also you can see the color in another experiment in physics. The color is going through the water and then it's separate. So like a prism. Yes. That sounds amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. What I have seen is, is really something. But, and I remember clearly, I, I, I recognize all colors and also I saw colors that I have never imaged that can be existent, but I didn't see black. I, I many grays, tonalities, but the poor black was not there. So, and you mentioned colors that you hadn't seen before. Now that you're a painter, can you take a palette and mix up different colors of paint and come up with some of the colors that you saw there? I am so continuous to try that because I need to do that. I know that there is something more and more and more. I am able to say I am really satisfied with what kind of color I can replicate in my paintings. But I, I know that there is more that I can do because it's not enough. I think that never will be enough because even if I if I if I do that, it's not possible to replicate all of that color. And the final is to have that vibrancy of the light. I am trying to replicate. I would like to tell you something that maybe seems really strange, but it's part of this. I can perceive right now colors that I was not able to do before. And when I look at it. Uh, 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 the word, I oh, and everything. I can identify color that for me, they are part of new color, new new palettes. That is, is something beautiful. It's like a gift. That is a gift. So you're seeing that all the time? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay, I want to hear all about your father. Yeah. He died 10 years before you had this experience. Yeah. As we were talking earlier... You mentioned that you were able to somehow experience his whole life during this experience. Yes. Can you tell me first about about what kind of person he was and a little just a very briefly about his life and then how did you experience it? Was it some sort of a telepathic thing or how did that work? What's like not a communication like spiritual, really spiritual communication? And not only his life, but also his private life, to understand uh, how he came to the world and, uh, and to the life. And uh, I remember something because it was part of my subconscious, 
some memories because they told me many times, my father, my mother, some uh, some stories about my youngest, uh, my childhood, but uh, also my father. My father was a really brave man, generous man, and he was born from a, a night of miracle between a lady and a man that they love each other, but was a little bit before the Second World, and in the middle between the first and the second, and uh, most close to the first, and uh, was 1926. That was my birth. But the story on the book is that my father was uh, coming from a, an adultery because the guy was with this lady was married. And at that time, it was impossible to have this relation because under the fascists was a really, uh, and he was a cadet, it was a, 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 in, a, let's say, a lieutenant of the name, Italian name. And uh, okay, he got, he committed suicide, this guy, when all that came out. And uh, my father went to the orphanage because for my, his mother, it was impossible to, to take him, to keep him. And he passed his days growing up in the orphanage, trying to escape them because he doesn't want to stay, he didn't want to stay there. And there was coming the Second War, and he engaged uh, the, the Navy also. And he was younger in the submarine. And one day in the submarine, we did the war. That submarine was beaten by, by uh, the, the bombs from the airplane, the British airplane, and the submarine was already under one meet, 100 meters. They were all dying, but the chef of the submarine, of the crew, decided he loved my father. He decided to put my father in the, in the chamber of the torpedo chamber and launch him like a missile, like a torpedo, out of the, the water. But he said, at least you can have a, a chance. We are dying here. And he died. But the, the cold water, really cold in the Mediterranean Sea, he uh, maintained, keep him alive. He coma for months. And he was recovered by a gypsy family that they were around, like they do. Usually they do. And they, keep the, and they, they, they took the body and moved the body in the dead. After months, my father came back suddenly, and he started his life, his new life. And his life was really an adventure life, going around all the countries from South America to North America, Europe, traveling a lot. He uh, met my mother in Brazil. They had uh, six kids. I am the third one in the middle. And... Always, my father was loving me, and then I loved my father. Also, my mother, but in this case, was with my father. Take in mind that my mother, keep in mind that my mother died five months before my father, and then not there, but after. I, 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 I thought, but why I didn't see my mother? Too? I said maybe because she was uh, not yet there, or I don't know. But I met my father. He was telling me all of his story to understand really in the deep what I can do for myself with my energy. 
My father was a Reiki master. Reiki is a technique that I think that I'm sure you know is to heal. It's capable to, to heal people with the hand, with the energy. And let me say that I was really skeptical. Fabio, you will, you will understand one day you have more energy than me. And then you will use that energy when you when there, there will be the moment. You told me this every time. I was, you know, living the life in the courage way as he showed me all the times. Never think to have nothing that can do for me like a superman. But in that moment when I was with him, he was telling me this story. And then I understood also my uh, my early years, what I did to live and what my father showed me the ways to to be with others, to respect the integrity, the moral way, no matter what, you don't have to give up. You have many very strong messages. Let me just clarify, were these messages before he passed away or during your NDE? Both. Both, okay. I... I had in my thoughts, I, I growing up with that, but I was not focusing on that. Sure. I wanted to say that I was not following that. For sure I was following because it wasn't me. So during your experience, part of what he was communicating to you was all about energy. All about energy, all about love, and all about the generosity, the open mind, to be with others. And that was something that I said, okay, but that I, I do that. I know that, yes, but you can do more. And that was the idea of the energy. We use the energy to come back. That was the moment, the Tunshambo. He said, uh, you passed that frontier that I was not there. You are in somewhere in the place that is not yet your place. Go back. Just a quick break to tell you about an exciting program that we have coming up. One of our favorite guests on the show, Jeff Jansen, I believe he was episode number 328, if you want to go back and listen to it. Anyway, Jeff is offering a special discount on his master class series called What Really Happens When We Die. Jeff has studied over 5,000 NDEs, has written multiple books, including 10 life-changing lessons from heaven, and produced master classes and discussion groups dealing with grief and the afterlife. This master class is one evening a week for eight weeks, beginning mid-January, and round-trip death listeners get it half price, just $95 for the series and a copy of his new book. These live classes will happen over Zoom, so you can participate from anywhere in the world. It will contain inspiring and informative lectures and discussions with members of the group. In fact, the class size is limited to 25 so that all can participate in the discussions. If you or someone you know is grieving, fearing death, or just curious about how insights into the afterlife can help us live our best life now, this class is a great idea. In fact, it's a great gift idea. We'll put a link in the show notes and on roundtripdeath.com where you can read more about it and sign up for the half price deal. Now, back to the interview. Yeah, at what point during this experience did you realize, I'm not staying, I need to go back? When I was talking with him, but talking, I, I repeat, spiritually, uh, energy, in not like no leads that were moving, nothing. In that moment, for me, was when he said, Fabio, 
you have energy. Use that energy. And in that moment, something happened. And what happened was that in after eight minutes, the doctor wanted to try again. That was the moment when I was talking with that with my father. In that moment, the doctor was trying to to get it, to taking me back. I remember really clearly that that light that I had in front of me, all around me, become yellow and like a, like a tea. And that was the light that the staff of the doctor was pointing in my eyes and said, Sir, sir, your name, your name. I said, Pablo. And in that moment, I was again here. I, I am not, I'm not embarrassed to say I was so frustrated in that moment because I was so peaceful there. Was so beautiful. Not a, a peace, a place where I said, why I have to move from here? I stay here. I wanted to stay with you. But that was an instant, no? Because, of course, you realize that you lose your family, you lose everything here, and for sure, you, I don't want to, 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 to leave my wife and my kids, my family. But in that moment, when the, the light, the wonderful light changed to the white light yellow, like the flashlight, that was so disturbing. <laughs> Well, kind of a rude awakening, just from the beautiful place to the yellow light and back in that body. We'll get to that part and talk about some of your physical recovery. I want to hear more about what happened during this eight minutes. Do you remember looking around? Was there anything else that you saw or experienced in addition to your father there? I saw his life, and I was living his life. I was with my father, and... Uh, I relive with him like 100 years, his life, his parent life, the story of the love story of his parents, and my life. I was there and I saw people. I saw perfectly that I was like in the movie, but was not a movie. It was something that I was touching. Was I was there, even if uh, was not my time because that was decades before me. But I was there with my father, and he showed me what I was able to see, and then he said, this is where you are coming from. This is where I, I come from. You have to understand that. I said, yes, yes. This is, this is so fascinating to me, because a lot of people have what's known as a life review. You were doing more like your father's life review. I was, through my father's life, looking also at my life at a certain point. But to understand my life seems that my father has uh, to help me on the other part, on his life. And I followed him without doubt. Like said, I was with him. And that was really fascinating. And then I understood very well one thing. And then it's written in the book that I tried to do my best to, to explain what happened in there. And it's the time. Let me say something about the time, the variable of time. Because when you said, what is time? What is time? And you said, okay, what is a minute? It's 60 seconds, okay? Okay, what happened in 60 seconds? I don't know. A good football player can score. A, a something bad can happen. Many things, what? I don't know. But the minute that I have is different than your minutes, even if it's still a minute. Because the value 
of the time. But I give to that minute. I can do something on that time, one minute that is taking so much value for me. For you, it's not the same value. You have other goals and you have other values. And that is the variable really important to understand because the value that we give to the, we, we, we give to the time is crucial. And that is the message that I came back from. said, okay, I have to value my time. I have that the time is value. And that was something that helped me to write the book because I was for six years and a half, six years, with not telling these stories to nobody because it was too touchful to me. Even if I read now, if I read my, if I read my book, I still crying. It's a happy ending story because I am here, but I, I am still crying because it's emotional. I was not able to talk to that because I said, I don't want to embarrass people, to shock people, people laughing at me because I am talking about angels, I'm talking about light, something that I don't want to become. Someone said, oh, he is crazy. But my wife and the doctor said, Fabio, you had a gift. You have an extra life. Use that extra life. Share your story because it can help people to understand how you can use the time or how you can use the love, how you can spread hope and healing. You have to tell your story. It was a must. And then I, as a writer or journalist, I started writing. And that's it. That was the big. Was there anything else that you saw besides your father and his life? I saw my life with my wife. I, I saw my kids. I saw everything on my life. In the book, I was written about my father because it was so important for me. The message that, uh, and then I didn't want to have this message from me to others. The message that I received from my father are the same message that I can say to you. But in that moment, my father was the maximum message that I can have. I wanted to share that message. That's great. I, I relieved all my life from when I was a young person in Cuba, when Fidel Castro was with my father, and my father was fighting with him because he was a private Italian in Cuba when the revolution wanted to have all the, all the properties. We could do a whole show just on the politics of Cuba, I'm sure. But I'm not done grilling you on your NDE yet. Yep. I just want to know if there was anything else that you saw or experienced there. So your father's life review, your life review, yep. lots of white and color. Anything else? I saw the peace, the, the peaceful place. It's the maximum and the happiness. All of us, we are looking for happiness in some way. But... It's like climbing a mountain or a tree where every time you go up and up, you can find more happiness. And the happiness that I have seen there, it was celestial, was infinite. The immensity. You cannot have time. was no time there. was no... All positive things. All the beauty. All inimaginable, peaceful, good life. Describe the love that you felt. There or now? There. Absolute. Totally. Without prejudice. This is the thing that you have. I learned there a lot. It's no prejudice. No, no. I, I didn't have before. 
but more. You don't have to leave. You have to be really open. The love with each other. You don't know no, nobody. But for example, it's not in the book, but my father showed me when I was young, I did. I used to smile a lot with people. And my father said, told me, you remember that, that smile you gave to that guy? No, I don't remember. I was smiling at a guy that was coming to me like desperate, like going out, I, you know? And after my smile, I didn't care about that time and that for sure I was not remembered that. But there, my father was showing me what happened to that guy when he smiled at me. He said, look at his face. And I smiled to him and I saw that smile and I saw the guy was opening this energy. And I said, Fabio, when, it's, when you smile to someone, this love, this energy, and you share energy. You give so much energy with just a smile that you cannot imagine. And that is part of the love. That also seems to be kind of a common denominator on life reviews, is that people experience how their actions affected other people. Yes, yes. Was there any more of that that you can remember? Yes, I remember uh, all of my life, and also I that I because in the book I I focus on my father in that San Marine. I I I saw how people react on the others, and how some like this cook that put my father in a chamber to the torpedo. What was changing in his life? He's a who he, he was a hero, an angel, or what? both angel and hero to protect him and uh, we don't know maybe when we do easily things like a smile we cannot imagine how can affect others at the contrary how you can affect someone with the not smiling but with a bad face but in that there was not bad face you know there was so only smiles only nice things and another thing that I, I was able to identify there, and that changed a lot my life, that I, I can explain this way. All of us, we have in front of us extraordinary things that for us, we don't care because they are always in front of me. No, you have on your back, for example, that nice ship wheel, that one is a beautiful one. You can say, okay, there are many others like that. No, that is an extraordinary piece of art. Someone, a genius, made that for you. It, what, what does it mean? That you can go where you want. What is the real meaning of that? And then you can identify, you can start thinking of the ordinary like extraordinary. And that's what I do now as an art. I look at the view of sunset. I can have that sunset every day, but every one of them is not ordinary. It's extraordinary. It's amazing. And then if you try to give the right value of the things, you change it up your life. That's a great message. Just to be grateful. Thank you. And I am trying to do something for others too. I hope my words and my art can help to understand this. Absolutely. 
And we appreciate it. I have to ask you a hard question, and this is not in any accusatory way at all or anything, but people are going to hear that you're about your father being shot out of a, <laughs> of a torpedo tube a hundred meters down. And they're going to say, there is no way that somebody can live through that. No way. There's no way. Do you have any explanation? Yes, I have an explanation about that. And then is the water, is the cold, uh, is is called hypothermia. I, I I made a lot of research about that before writing because when I was there, I was seeing this, but when I was writing the book, I wanted to have something more sustainable from research or something, and I did the research on that period. I did research of military weapons, and, and I did a lot of research like two years of researching as a journalist also, because I used to do research or investigation for what happened. And then I found many others. Uh, my father was not the only one during that. That was, I, I find out that was, I don't want to say a method, but was a way to try to escape from a submarine that was going down without chance to survive. The thing that if you have to imagine that the submarine at that period was no longer that this room and they are leaving 47 people in that submarine my father. Can you imagine 47 people like ants in a in a in a refrigerator ants? They stay there. Close. I cannot I cannot believe that. I cannot even imagine that. But they were living there. And my father was 16, 17, at that time he was 18 years old. He was really skinny, younger, the younger of the group. And the words that uh, the, the cook said, try, try to save yourself. At least you have a chance. And I did research. And that happened other times. And all people died. All them. Yeah, and I saw a film a while back. I can't think of the name of it right now of someone in a similar situation was shot out of a torpedo tube. He did live, but blasted out his ears. He lost his hearing. Yes. Was your father's hearing okay? He was okay. He was just fine. That's fine. And that was called, I don't know if it's the good term in English, but it was an Italian term, it's hypothermia. Yeah, it's under the, the, the I don't know how is the medical meaning in English, sorry about that. But it's like when you are going down some kind of uh, level of temperature. Yeah, and and the air pressure as well with your ears. You are dead, but you are alive inside because you are frozen. Yeah, because the water, especially that deep, is very, very cold. So cold? Yeah, that is amazing. I did research for that because I said that story has to be sustainable. And it was. Okay, well, I've tried to exhaust everything that you can remember from your NDE. What was it like coming back? How long did it take you to to get better, you know, physically? They put a stint in, you mentioned, and then how long were you in the hospital? One day and after that. That's it? They sent me home. Yes, one day. said, you're fine. You had a number of miracles happen. I said, I know that. I am really not. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I'm so grateful. I am a walking miracle. I know that. Fabio the miracle. 
I lead my life like the life in Sigi. Before we finish up, and this is not the topic of the podcast, but but I'm so curious about more of your background and how you were raised. And part of it is because you mentioned going to school in Florence must have affected your artwork someday. You weren't an artist back then, but you are now. And for those that have visited Florence, tell us about the famous artwork in Florence. I'm a huge fan of Michelangelo, by the way. You, you have Michelangelo, you have all of them. You, you go to the Uffizi, one of the best museums in the world. You can find expressions that are so amazing and unbelievable. And uh, I will tell you that when I was young and I was in Florence, I, I visited many times that museum and then even if I was an engineer. But what happened was that I, I, I was able to understand how to use the inks as an engineer, the pens. And what you are able to do with a pen is unbelievable. And you cannot imagine what you can do with a pen, just a pen, not a brush, not ink, nothing. And he was an amazing painter. But I read something, a, a quote from him saying, really, he was a sculptor. Yep. He preferred being a sculptor. He was kind of forced to paint. And he was, you know, the Sistine Chapel and everything. It's incredible. was forced to paint that. He was like a slave, no moving. Yeah. No moving. You can imagine like that. He's staying all the time like this. But for people that haven't been to Florence and seen the David statue... It is literally bigger than life. Yes. It's something that you can see perfection. But there are other great uh, sculptures that only in, like, for example, I love Antonio Canova, the perfection of this movement. And they are trying, and I think, to replicate that they had in, inside. And that is more or less the same that we have seen there, is how you can replicate something so beautiful, like the human body. I'm so disturbed. I don't want to use recorded this, but I'm disturbed by you said, I have to cover that or I have to do that. There is nothing bad there. There is the human body. It's science. It's art. Well, and speaking of that, I think some people might be uncomfortable with the fact that you said, when you were in the spirit world, you did not have clothes, but I think you said you didn't feel naked either. Explain that. Explain that is easy because I will not say I was not with my shirt. When it happened that, I was in the tennis clothes, no? The shirt, short pants and sneakers and no, tennis shoes. I was there and how I am not like that in there. I was not dressed. But I was not naked. I was spirit. I was energy. And then how can I imagine myself? I don't know. Dress it in some way. But I was not taking, I was white. I was taking colors like this. No? That white that I have seen there was composed by many colors. I understand what you said. I hope that nobody is offended, but I was not naked. But I cannot say I was dressed, because if I said I was dressed, and you said, ah. Oh. I might say, what were you wearing? Black tie, oh, oh, tennis clothes, or what? No, I was white. Yeah. I was, I was energy. I was spirit. Do you remember 
Speaking of spirit and energy, was there any physical contact with your father and embrace or anything like that? Nothing like we can use to uh, feel like body with another body, but totally energy. That is the, the meaning. And that was so, so much great and higher than a heart, body with body. The energy is inmates. And you feel, you feel that. You feel his smile, you feel your, his, his energy. But to understand all of this, the first thing that uh, I wanted to, for me, is that the body was no more there. My body was no more. It's like a machine. And, adieu, finita. <laughs> Stop. It was not working. I was leaving my body and leaving the energy that I have inside. Did you miss your body? In that moment? Not at all. Okay. I was not thinking of it. All right, two more quick questions. I love to ask people, do you now have any fear of death? Uh, I can answer to you this. I don't have no fear about death because I, I saw how beautiful it is there, but I am terrified to die. Why? Because I am here as a human, and then I can see, I cannot imagine it. I don't want to see what can happen to my family, my friends, to my business, something, because I am here. And then I am terrified if I think on that. But, and that is something that my doctor said, you can help someone to relieve, so because to have peace, because everybody can cry because they are missing their loss, but they can cry because they miss their loss. But don't cry for them because they are in a really peaceful place. And that's the idea. I know how peaceful it is. I know how beautiful it is. I would like to say, how can you can have fear about a wonderful place? You are scared about leaving someone here. That's yes. Because you know all the things. Because we are building piece of art, communication, papers, podcasts. We are building what we wanted to do in this world. But when we are there, we have we have only energy that is not only we fall and we leave all of this stuff. We leave our Mercedes or our house or our, we leave them here. We don't need there. Call of that. I'm sure we don't care about that stuff Nothing. anymore either. The stuff, the people, obviously, we do. Okay, what is one last message that you would like to leave with our listeners? Okay, the message is no matter, never give up and love. And that is the key. All right, Fabio, thanks a ton. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and remember to check out the What Really Happens After We Die Masterclass at RoundTripDeath.com or the link in our show notes. Until then, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next.